Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. We need your help, though, in getting the word out. We can no longer rely on the one enslaved mind at a time because our nation's in peril. And at least two-thirds of America is either just innocently ignorant or dumber than a box of rocks. I'll let you choose what your neighbors are. Um, obviously, if you're listening to the show, you are not dumber than a box of rocks, and you are not ignorant. You're one of the heroes of this country. But we really do need to wake people up. And, and, and I'll tell you, folks, um, waking people up needs to be our main mission, and we need to organize at the grassroots level. Today we're going to have on Mona, uh, Mona Patton, and she's the director of a group in Prescott, Arizona, in Yavapai County, uh, home of Karen Fan, and you've all heard me talk about Karen's sabotage of the audit. Oh, we're not going to change the election. Well, then why do the audit, Karen? You're put in there to do the fix is the problem. And anyway, we'll get into that. Um, and also, we've uh, interviewed Jim Arroyo from um, uh, Yavapai County Preparedness Team uh, in Chino Valley, which is also in Yavapai County. Um, and it's uh, all beautiful areas up there. Yavapai County is gorgeous. But ladies and gentlemen, they're becoming the epicenter of community organizations. And the way that we're going to overcome the corruption in government in Maricopa County is hopelessly corrupt. Hopelessly corrupt. In fact, we have found uh, instances of allegiance to communist China. You know, I've published those. If you miss that, well, you know, we may have to hit that again. They haven't, uh, but but ladies and gentlemen, if you don't share this, we're kind of preaching to an echo chamber, and now's not the time. We're on the precipice of World War III. We're on the precipice of another major lockdown, but this lockdown will not be humane. I think we'll see something like Australia, military in the streets. We are really up against it, and the way that we overturn this tyranny is from the grassroots level, and and really just prepare to do indifference to the government just nope we're not doing that turn in these kind of guns no we're not doing that either and you don't make a big deal of it you just don't comply and non-compliance really needs to be our mo now when the blue helmets show up in your driveway that becomes a different matter it's another topic for another time so we're going to be talking today about the importance of community organizations by looking at Yavapai Rising. And they're rising. Uh, they are a group who uh, has a pretty good little website, yavapairising.org. And they're going to begin to put up the interviews they do, starting with myself. I think they're going to go back and probably put our good friend up, Richard Mack, you know, Sheriff Richard Mack, the man who took on the Clintons in the Supreme Court and lived to tell about it. And that's an accomplishment unto itself. So we're going to be talking to Mona about her organization today, and here's why we're doing this. If you're in Sandusky, Ohio, you're not going to be traveling to Yavapai County to attend the Yavapai County Preparedness Team or Yavapai Rising. You're not going to do that. We know that. But you can get ideas from these organizations by going to their websites and looking at what they do, you know, like Jim has all these classes he teaches, like on shortwave radio and, you know, how to prepare food and so forth. And and uh, he has some really good guests up there. And Mona, they're getting started there and they're having good guests. And you can get really good ideas on how you can start an organization like this in your area. And I'll give you one example, too. The granddaddy of them all here in Arizona is Freedoms Phoenix. And uh, they have a monthly meeting of, of people, and I've spoken to it a few times, called the Arizona Breakfast Club. Freedomsphoenix.com, and that's freedoms with an S, and that's my old friend Ernie Hancock. 
And Ernie, as you know, is a frequent guest on, on our TV show. Ladies and gentlemen, you can do this. And I want you to sit back and I want you to listen. And, of course, you can always come back and take notes on the archival part of this. But these are the organizations that will save America. If they can't control us at the grassroots level, they don't win. But if you depend on elected representatives now, who most of them are compromised, we're going to continue to lose our rights. Mona, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you could join us. And I'm so appreciative of what you are doing. By the way, too, there's a pretty good group up there in Yavapai County. They, they just had a meeting with uh, State Senator Sonny Borelli, who's one of my heroes, uh, about the audit. And uh, I wasn't uh-huh. able to attend, but a couple of my neighbors went up. And uh, so we're, we're having these groups break out all over. It's awesome. So how long has your group been in existence? Uh, we started last summer, and we were under a different name, and Sheriff Mack was our first uh, uh, speaker. And then for a couple of months, we couldn't find a place to meet because of COVID, and we were too big of a group already. So we went dark, and we started back up in February. I think our first speaker was uh, Representative Mark Fincham. And then oh, really? I think, yeah, and then we had Sonny Borelli come up. Karen Fan has come and spoken to us. Our last meeting, we had Sheriff Mark Daniels of Cochise County talking to us about what was going on on our border uh, with Mexico. It was a pretty interesting uh, speech. He, uh, up on our website, there is, uh, under articles and information, there is a big packet that he gave us. And he handed it out, it's, it's, I don't know, 85 pages or something. We put the PDF up on our website if anybody would want to look at that. Awesome. And, I mean, there are just scores of letters that have been written to the current administration and all their different um, departments begging for help, talking about the problems. And, you know, our federal government has created a horrendous problem for Arizona and for our country, and they have just, you know, they've put a blind ear and a blind eye to what is going on and you know the fallout is going to be horrendous i mean they have i think mccallum texas i think i read the other day they had seven thousand covid illegal aliens in Mm -hmm. their city Mm -hmm. and and how do you stop that and yet they want you and i to put a mask on and it makes no sense you hear people um mona's saying magic words isn't she stuff that you hear uh, from our uh, national guests and uh, and I mean people you know like Sheriff Mack we're all saying the same thing and it's interesting we do have unique border problems I don't know when did Sheriff Nelson come and speak to you no it was Sheriff Daniels it was Daniels last I mean month. excuse me the Daniels yeah. Daniels uh, yeah it was uh, two weeks ago okay I don't know if he shared the stress he's under uh, he yes he did but his son had been in a shootout and a a Sinaloa person had been killed and that they had put a contract out on his son's life and um but he didn't tell us that it had just happened he just mentioned it like oh by the way I mean his bravery is uncanny yeah well Sheriff Daniels um they've got the uh sheriff deputy and his family in hiding now and uh, they, uh, Sheriff Daniels has been the victim of, at least as of a week ago, um, three assassination attempts by the cartel. 
And yeah. uh, that's something I've confirmed with Jim Arroyo, um, and Jim had talked specifically to Sheriff Daniels, and uh, Sheriff Mack told me that as well, too. So, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to hear this. The border situation, you know, if you're watching CNN and Fox, Fox will give you a little over being overwhelmed, and here's some human rights, but, but they're not telling you the details. Fox is controlled opposition, folks. And what I'm telling you right now is here you have a sheriff of a county in Arizona who the cartel America. are actively trying to kill. They have a contract on him inside the United States, and Biden is doing nothing about it. He should have federal officers down there seeking these people out. But they're not. They're not. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's why these organizations need to exist. Those are a pr some pretty impressive... Um, um, <clears throat> array of guests that you guys have here and I'm so glad that you're going to begin to videotape everybody and put it up on your site uh, how many people belong to your organization um, they don't belong they just attend uh, I think we have pushing 300 people oh my. that uh, come not all the time but we filled some rooms that, at our meeting place at the Hacienda Hotel so it depends um you know we're just we're new and you know it's hard to get the word out it's just you know it's hard to find a place to announce yourself so we're slowly you know crawling up out of the dirt is um are you having trouble with did you have trouble finding public venues that would let so-called conservatives present not that it was just the COVID restrictions that you couldn't have more than say 50 people in a room. So uh, we were very blessed that the Hacienda was willing to take us and, uh, and give us a, you know, their nicest room, uh, their ballroom. And uh, they have been so hospitable to us. Uh, the owner is very conservative, I think, and a very good American. Well, that's good. Um, what's the name of the hotel? Let's give them a prop. It's, Hacienda Hotel. It was built in probably the late 1800s. It's a horse historic hotel uh, downtown, right on Gurley Street, um, dead center downtown Prescott. Is that by Whiskey Row? Uh-huh. Yeah. About okay. ha uh, half a block from Whiskey Row or one block. <laughs> yeah, I've been to some events on Whiskey Row. It's a lot of fun. It's not just whiskey, <laughs> folks. So if you're thinking, oh, this Hodges guy's a lush, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I've been to some <laughs> events up there, and they're pretty. It's pretty. I love it. I love the. I love Prescott. My sister-in-law lives there, so um, my wife is going to take that opportunity to go visit her. And my son's old piano teacher for decade and a half has now moved there, so we've got people to look up. We, it's where we live in northern Maricopa County. We're like halfway between Phoenix and Wickenburg, and and um, it's about an hour and a half drive for us, but it's it's worth it. But this, folks, is an epicenter of political activity at grassroots level. And then and they, you've heard me interview Jim Arroyo. They, these people are taking no prisoners. Seriously. I mean, the other side is, is getting severe opposition. You've got an issue, though, you're dealing with in your community uh, regarding the vaccine issue. Let, let's, let's take, before we go to the break, let's talk about the, the vaccine issue. Okay, the, our local hospital, which used to be Yavapai Regional Medical Center, it has merged uh, with a company called Dignity Health. Very interesting name. Uh, I guess dignity for everybody but their employees. Mm -hmm. So they have decided that they are going to mandate vaccines for all doctors, nurses, and the entire staff 
or they will face termination of employment. So tomorrow, uh, they say, uh, they guess that approximately 60% of the staff have chosen not to be vaccinated. Oh, really? And, yeah, most right. will mm-hmm. not, and most will not change their mind. And so they are going to have a protest uh, at the hospital or if they get run off the grounds and across the street tomorrow at uh, 1 p.m. Uh, and uh, my organization is going to join them. Tomorrow at 1 p.m. On Sunday at 1 p.m.? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm making yeah. a note of that. So if you're in the area, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, and, and where will the location in Prescott be? Uh, uh, they are at, um, let me think, uh, they're on Miller Valley Road. Uh, it will be like at Whipple Street and Willow Creek, adjacent to the hospital. Uh, and it's uh, kind of a, a school used to be there called Miller Valley School, and they have converted that to a parking lot for the hospital. Okay, so what's the it's the hospital's name? That'd be easier for people to put in. Yavapai Regional Medical Center. Oh my gosh! And then gosh. they're going to have a second protest at six thirty on Monday uh, to catch people that are in between shifts that maybe haven't heard. Okay, Yavapai Regions Regional Medical Center. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm making a note here of that, too, because as we uh, eventually post this to our website, we won't get that up there in time, though, unfortunately, um, before the event. This um, interview you're hearing, ladies and gentlemen, uh, will air a day after what we're talking about, and that's unfortunate because we're, we're getting caught here on a weekend, and we know we're a Monday through Friday broadcast. But... Um, It'll give you an idea what's going on, and then I'll come back and I'll do a podcast update. Okay, um, we're going to take a real quick break here, and um, when we come back, I'm going to talk to you about what I found out about Banner Health, and I'm going to link the Yavapai Region Medical Center to what I found out of Banner Health, and it's very interesting parallels from the numbers you just gave. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know, as we pick sponsors here to come on the Common Sense Show, we turn down 90% of our advertising requests, and we are filled. We have no room and, and uh, for advertising right now because the repeat customers keep re-signing up. And we turn down advertising, and not because they're not from good people and reputable products, but we try to get things that you need. And one of the things that we're really concerned about here in America today is an economic collapse. I mean, you know, you've heard of people spending money like a drunken sailor. Well, the Biden administration spending money like a drunken Navy. It's absolutely crazy what they're doing to this economy. And I don't think there's any way back for the dollar. We're going to hyperinflate it sometime. So everything we're telling you about, you have a window between now and hyperinflation. And I just don't know when that date's going to be. But we're at $32 trillion in debt and counting. And we're adding a whole bunch more, you know, Close your eyes and throw a dart at the calendar, but ladies and gentlemen, you better get prepped. And the first thing I tell people is after the collapse, you're going to have a reemergence of an economy, some kind of economic system. And if you have all your money in the bank, uh, you've lost. It'll be like 1929 and you'll get a wipeout just like what happened to my mom's side of the family. So we're telling you now, you need to call Noble Gold. Uh, I used to just advertise for them and now I'm a customer three times over and this week it'll be four times over I'm buying silver this week but they sell gold silver they can bulletproof your IRA or 401k they can protect it from Biden <laughs> that's the bottom line and he's going after everything you own folks wait till you see the reconciliation bill which is climate change they're going after everything 
So what can you do? Well, if you have assets to protect, you don't have to be a millionaire, but if you have assets to protect, you're going to want to do what I did and call Noble Gold. And by the way, you'll have to push them to close a deal. They're trained not to push you, just to give information. And I'm good friends with the owner, Colin. And uh, I can tell you, this organization's taken off, man. They're around the clock now. So here's their number, 877-646-5347, 877-646-5347. If you have assets to protect, you need to call them. And then, of course, we beat the drum here uh, strongly about storable food. Um, if you're new to the Common Sense Show, you've heard me, you've not heard me do shows on the food chain. The meatpacking plants are still closed. The drought is being artificially stimulated by Project Harp, and the patents all exist under Air Force Owning the Weather 2025 and Nick Begich's books, uh, Earth, uh, Earth Rising. He really covered it all. And ladies and gentlemen, they're doing to us now. Our crop yield in the West could be 20% of what it's supposed to be when we're all said and done. Why trust your fate to a government that wants to sabotage you? Biden, and I said this in the campaign, his people were never saying what they were going to do for America. They said what they're going to do to America, and they're doing it to the food supply. They told you, these are quotes, you're going to eat bugs. Maybe you can have a hamburger a month. We're going to do away with all red meat and dairy. Well, they're making good on that promise. They're moving everything in that direction. So right now, you need just storable food. 25-year shelf life is what we offer. 2,000 calories per day, restaurant-quality food. I've tasted it. It's great, folks. I mean, I could live on this because there's variety and diversity in the food choice. And right now, there's a 25% off sale on the four-week emergency package. And you go, Dave, I need more than four weeks. Yeah, but see, you order in increments of four weeks. That way, you get 25% off all the way through the sale. So... How do you do this? Well, just go to preparewithdave.com, and everything is right there that you need. Preparewithdave.com. Well, we're being joined this morning uh, on our broadcast here by Mona Patton, and you may not be listening to this until the afternoon, so it depends what network. But uh, Mona Patton's the head of a group called Yavapai Rising. Their website is yavapairising.org, and they're starting to step up and play a prominent role inside the city of Prescott in Yavapai County, with community activism, which we wholeheartedly support here at the Common Sense Show. And Mona, I said that I was going to tie in what you talked about before the break with regard to the Yava, the Yava, excuse me, the Yavapai uh, Regional Medical Center. Did I get that right? Yes. Okay. And yes. you said 60% of the people that are employed by that organization are refusing to get the vaccine and they've been threatened with termination. Um, I get these injections uh, for a condition I have twice a month at one of the Banner Health facilities. And and trust me, Banner Health, I have no problem with. Their billing is fantastic. They don't make mistakes. They're kind, they're courteous. Their staff is extremely professional. I would give them nothing but a 10 in my experience with them and I see chemo patients in there too when I go in and and uh, they're so kind to the chemo people I mean really because you know they're facing some really tough times in their future and these people are just the ultimate professionals and somewhere up the chain there's people that I'm not encountering who are not nice people and they have told them you have until November 3rd to get a vaccination but they're saying oh but we have a religious exemption but i've talked to people who have done the religious exemption paperwork i mean if you were going through an irs audit 
that would be infinitely less complicated than what they're doing to these people with a religious thing. But, Mona, here's what they tell me. 39% of the Banner Health people across their system, and they're the largest employer in Arizona, they have not got the vaccine, and they don't think they're going to move the needle very much. Isn't that amazing? That's pretty... Yeah, that's pretty scary when medical professionals are refusing the shot that they're trying to force on all of us. Well, they have done their work like I have. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you know about the PCR test, but when they came out with it in April of 2020, the commissioner of the FDA, Han, said, we're not going to require third-party validation for the yeah. uh, PCR test because of the emergency nature of the pandemic. I used to teach research and stat, both undergrad and postgrad at a university here locally in Phoenix. And I, I, I stood up and I just said, there's no test. And someone in my family said, what do you mean there's no test? There's no test. They're, they're not making them validate their results. No company is gonna invalidate something they spent millions of dollars on developing. And I said, you can't trust that this test works. Well, now we know the test measured everything that was a virus, including the common cold, and that was to exacerbate the numbers to excuse the lockdowns. And now the FDA has said, well, the test is no longer valid. Mona, listen to this. They haven't replaced the test with anything. They still no. make test people with an outdated PCR test if you go to a facility, but there's no test. There's no test for the Delta variant, which I don't think exists. And there's no test for the coronavirus. Were you guys and they've never that? isolated, and they've never isolated that virus. There you go. There you go. And I interviewed uh, someone from Canada who told me about the case in Alberta that you and I talked about before we went on the air, where he said, I demand to have evidence presented in the trial against me because he was cited for um, illegal gathering in Alberta. And he said, I, I want to have proof that this is a real health threat. And they couldn't produce an isolated case of the virus. And then he won his court case. So that's, there may be a way that you guys have to go about this up there in your county. Um, here's my concern. Let's, let's say they move the needle 10%. 10% of the total population or um, about a sixth of the population that's refusing. They can't lose their job. They're too close to retirement. So they said, I don't have a choice. I got to get the shot and hope I don't die. Um, that's still 50% who aren't vaccinated that'll be fired. Are you guys worried? Has anyone talked about the healthcare shortage that's going to be astronomical? The hospital workers are. They you know, should they're, be. They're short staffed as it is. And if, if, you know, they end up losing all of their skilled employees and they can't hire new ones in, I don't know how they're going to protect and take care of this community for medical uh, emergencies and needs. I asked this question of a banner official who's not on board with what's going on. And I said to him, uh, and he won't come on the air for obvious reasons, but I said, aren't you guys worried about employee shortage and how to hurt the public? He goes, oh yeah. But he said, let me tell you what we're already doing in HR. We're reaching out to foreign countries and we'll be bringing in people that will be infinitely less qualified than the staff we have now. And less expensive. Exactly. Yeah, and that's so communist. That's so like the Biden administration to do something like that. Yeah. 
Um, Shut us out of our own jobs. Yeah, you might want to mention this to the Yavapai people, that uh, the medical people, that there's already plans in place to replace them with the foreigners. And they're talking Middle Easterners. Boy, that killed two birds with one stone for this administration, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Yeah, so... Um, this is this is absolutely incredible um, what's happening. You said there was a second protest or activity that well, was coming. Well, we we haven't we haven't planned it yet. Last Thursday, um, the chairman of the board of the Yavapai County uh, Board of Supervisors decided to uh, close down public visits to all county offices. So the offices are open, but we're not allowed inside. And so um, he's, his goal, according to his, the person I talked to in his office, is that he, his responsibility is to protect his you know, people, his employees from the virus. But what he's actually, in my opinion, saying is that he's protecting them from us. We're the unwanted washes, uh, the unwashed masses, a basket of deplorables, because we're the spreaders, we're the carriers, we're kind of the enemy. So they're going to lock us out of their office, and we can't go in. But the point is, is how is he going to protect his people? Those people have got to leave work. They've got to go to the grocery store. they got to go buy gas. They maybe need to go to the post office. They may have kids that are going to school. Now, how is he protecting them from exposure to the virus by locking us out? Who's this individual? Let's start with that. His name is um, Craig Brown. He is uh, chairman of the board of the Yavapai County Board of Supervisors. And he came on <laughs> and he said he is a conservative. Well, I don't exactly think that his behavior, I don't know if he's living in fear or if, you know, he's being pressured into this. But we're a very conservative county. We're probably one of the most conservative counties in the state and possibly in this nation. I would agree. And they're at our door. And the you know the walls are starting to close in on us, and I'm starting to feel claustrophobic. But you know, so I think we will be visiting their offices. I mean, we won't be keeping people from coming in if we're there protesting because they've shut us out. So now you can deal with them on the phone. Mm-hmm. And they are our employees, and we provide their salaries. We provide them the building to work out of. Well. I don't, I don't understand it. Um, it's incredible. Have you? Uh, let me just ask a sidebar question, but it really is related. It won't look like it is on the surface, but it is. Is there a discussion in your county about having an election audit from 2020? It was refused. Who refused it? It was shut that? down totally. Uh, who? Uh, I have her name uh, I don't know her you know, the organization at what level was it refused uh, the That's county the county the election official the person who's ahead of elections and I have been told that she has already counted re, uh, already uh, contracted out for the exact same machines they lo- used last time in the last election and that they also had sent out or, or made a contract with the ballot printer, the same one that we had before. And they say, well, you know, Yavapai County came out, you know, uh, conservative in their vote. Yes, but how many votes did they shave off the top? It doesn't matter who won. But they, 
because Trump yeah. lost by 11,000 votes. So when you add to that total yeah. of deficit, even in a county that Trump carried, that doesn't matter if you yeah. have illegal votes. Yeah, we, yeah we've got 235,000 people in our county. They could have stolen the 12 or 11 from us. Well, <laughs> my question is not unrelated. Your county is corrupt. Your county yeah. officials are corrupt. Uh, this Brown character, l let me tell you what we have found in Maricopa County. And uh, we haven't discovered the extent of the corruption yet. I'll st let me start with our governor and then I'll go down to the county level. Uh, the governor blocked the audit from happening in a timely fashion when the public was still inflamed. And that was his role. And people need to realize that Governor Doug Ducey of Arizona had a company, has a company called Cold Stone Creamery, it's his ice cream venture. And they were, I wouldn't describe them as being successful until they went into communist China and his venture into communist China was extremely profitable. Cycle forward to 2017, he's addressing the National Governors Association with the Chamber of Commerce of China in tow. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing now because I don't have those notes in front of me, but he said effectively, and this is in print by the way, the World Tribune and the Chinese publication called South China. He said, we have rare earth minerals in Arizona and the Chinese military could make use of it. And we're looking forward to working with them. I mean, why don't you just say we're going to fly the Chinese flag, Doug, and we're going to commit treason? Because that's what that is. And uh, so there, the shell corporations for the Chicoms came in. They all work for the military, as we know. They're controlled by the CCP. And they're taking out rare earth minerals. But that's not where his complicity stops. The Arizona State Senate wanted to come into session in early December to challenge the election, and he said no. Well, I'm a Republican, and I just don't see anything wrong here. And, gee, other Republicans won their races, and I don't see anything wrong here. We don't need to do... And he said, you can come in and meet on January the 13th, one week after the certification vote. So he has been an obstacle all the way. And by the way, he is a member of the board of TGen, which is a vaccine-related organization. So that's the governor. Let me drop down now to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. And, and your ears are going to perk up when I tell you this because this is not in the media. Um, but I stand by these findings, and there are many people that know this information now. In fact, the Gateway Pundit just ran something on this. Um, this is the level of, the, of corruption that I would look for in your county. Jack Sellers, you know, the older guy with the glasses, gray hair, and, he, he, and he's had these tantrum, temper tantrums in these press conferences um, where Maricopa County Board of Supervisors have been uh, uh, subpoenaed twice to surrender the election codes, which they did never have. And, and that's another story for another time. They've never had them. But they're not disclosing that. Dominion never gave up the election codes. They had them on election night. And I know that because the election officials who ran their precincts have told me this. And then you've got the routers that would trace machine activity. They won't give those up. And they won't give up the chain of custody logs, the Splunk logs, and all these other things that are necessary to do an effective audit. They're, they're withholding information. This is court-ordered subpoena, so this is obstruction of justice. Every one of the supervisors belongs in jail. And I think that day could be coming if our attorney general does his job. Now, here's the deal with Jack Sellers. And you, I, Mona, I guarantee you haven't heard this. He has deep business ties with communist China. Deep. 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 Pictures of him 
are appearing now with Chinese government officials. Good God. Uh, it's just like Ducey. Uh, yeah. And and communist, uh, I had Chris Kitsey on, and he has an IntelliHub background, and Chris was the founder of Before It's News, and that's how I met him. He recruited me to write for them. And um, Chris came on my show in January, and I couldn't make the connection because I didn't have the context. But he's on my TV show, and we did a share screen, and he showed how many votes, for example, in Maricopa County were counted in China by Dominion. Oh, and I yeah. thought, I, I believe him because this is Chris, and I, Chris has never been wrong. And I didn't have any context. Now I do. Your county commissioners are compromised. I promise you, if they don't have Chinese connections, they're connected to George Soros. Um, and this is one thing I'm going to be educating your people about. Um, George Soros paid $2 million in campaign funds to the sheriff of Maricopa County. If you were going to do affidavits for criminal production of material related to stealing the audit, it would have to go through the sheriff. And he's a George Soros boy who represents communist China. And our secretary of state here received significant funding in her campaign from George Soros. I don't know if you're aware of that or not. Bought and paid for, huh? Bought and paid for. Guarantee you, uh, if you look hard enough, um, you may find, I have to say may, this Craig Brown character. Um, there's a reason why he's doing what he's doing. And this is at a time when the state's opening up and he's closing down. Absolutely, with no reason. They say six people died in the county. I did the math. It's six in the 235,000 people. That's point zero 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 two five. I don't even know what to call that. I don't know how, you know, no, is that it's called thousandths of uh, nothing? Yeah, exactly. Uh, first of all, too, the people that die from COVID rarely die from a standalone case. They often have stage four kidney failure from diabetes. They're morbidly obese and they have congestive heart failure. I mean, these are things we know. 90% of the deaths from COVID have comorbid conditions. So your nine may not even have a standalone COVID case. No, the six. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean you're six. But they, they stand. Yeah, they stand by it though. I argued, you know, to to no avail with her, and you know, and we'll never know probably the facts of those, the uh, the the circumstances of those people's health coming into that. But you don't shut down our way of life for six deaths in a county of two hundred and basically 50,000 people. Well, look at Australia. People die every day. Look at Australia, Mona. Nine people have died from coronavirus, and they got martial law with the military. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, one other thing, too. Right now, we appear to be normal in Arizona. And we just had the Phoenix Suns play in the basketball playoffs, and they had 17,000 people at the last game that they played. And it looks like everything is normal. The NFL is going to have fans, blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying, no, the storm clouds are there, and they're there in your county. This is a lockdown of public facilities you'd expect to find in a pandemic lockdown. And let me tell you what I know about Mojave County. Mojave County, two or three weeks ago, received $4 million in CARE money, C-A-R-E, 
And for the rest of the country, that's a designation that's used in Arizona to designate pandemic relief funds. Well, we're through the pandemic, supposedly, but we're getting pandemic relief funds to county officials in Mojave County, which is a county of about 110,000 people. That means, folks, lockdown 2.0 is coming. Arizona's officials know yeah. it. Ducey knows it. Your your board of supervisors know it. Your Kingman Regional Center knows it. And uh, they're not telling anybody. And I've been, I've heard, I don't know if it's true, it's not been verified, but that this will be done at the county level across the state of Arizona this time. This will not be the governor uh, shutting us down. It will be each local um, county. Well, you have to and, understand. You know, we have county sheriffs that hopefully will protect us in this situation. I mean, they are the law of the county. You need to have the sheriff as your one of your upcoming future guests. And we're we're going to interview him on the thirty first, and we intend to also have him come to a meeting to speak. But um, you know, they are the only uh, person of authority. I mean, they are employed by the people of this state. They are the only constitutional law. Uh, enforcement agency uh, according to the Constitution and you know it's most important that they stand with us and that we know who they are I think that's probably the, in the future the person we're going to need to worry about being elected even more than the president of this country because we can't I don't you know we're a little bitty area we can't impact national politics but we can sure take hold of our own um, county and try to control this and keep it clean and keep it honest. Well, and, and I, maybe I, push out into the state. I have a minor disagreement with you on that. Um, okay. I think you have more power than you realize. And we're going to step aside for a sh real short break here. But when we come back, I'm writing myself a note. Minor disagreement and about influence. <laughs> you have huge influence beyond what you realize. And after this show airs, you'll have bigger influence. Ladies and gentlemen, um, my greatest fear, you know, we live north of Phoenix metropolitan area, and it's a significant drive to get into Phoenix, but we go there a lot, essential services. What if they lock us down on August 11th when they're doing their grid down drill? What if someone takes us down with a cyber attack? What if the Biden administration realizes they're losing control of the narrative in this country and they do the same thing to us in a false flag? Well, it wouldn't be the first time. Are you ready to communicate with your family members? My greatest fear is my family members would be scattered throughout a city and they take the grid down. That means cell phones, internet, everything. And how would you communicate with your family? Or if you're driving in a mountain and you don't have cell reception and it's night and it's isolated, and your car breaks down how are you going to call for help well that's why we have a satellite phone the satellite phone store and uh, I looked at this before I said do we really want to take these people on as a sponsor and uh, I spent a lot of time talking to the about the political views of their owner Tina and uh, she's one of us folks she is absolutely one of us in fact she was raised in a different country and she said to me my family came here to get away from what's happening in this country. She said, it's incredible. We came here for freedom, and now we're imitating what I came from. And she's right. But her product is something that you all need to listen to me on. You need to hear this very clearly. Uh, her satellite phone cannot be taken down. 
unless you take down the satellite or pull the phone out of someone's hand and you go it must be costly no it's not I pay one-fourth the cost of my cell phone bill you say really yeah and now I know I'll be able to communicate with my family when the poop hits the fan and we can have rallying points decide where we're gonna meet how we're gonna deal with the crisis and we're not gonna be left wondering where everybody's at so how do you find out more? Well, you call them, 855-980-5830, 855-980-5830. And one more thing, we talked about the importance of food, didn't we not? Yes, we did. Well, if you have food, you better have water, right? The Naval War College says on the fifth day of a crisis, waterborne illnesses become the number one cause of death and stay that way through the crisis. So you better have water filtration. Well, we have the best, the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. If you go to the website, waterwithdave.com, you'll see the studies. They're number one above everybody else, and they're offering this product for 40% off. You won't have trouble finding standing water during a crisis. You'll have trouble finding drinkable standing water. And if you have this device, you're going to be just fine. I recommend you get a couple because things wear out, things break, things get stolen. Go to waterwithdave.com. And one more reminder, folks, I'm telling you, when the economy crashes, you're going to wish you had talked to Noble Gold. Please call them. Please, if you have assets to protect, 877-646-5347. We're talking with Mona Patton, and I said when we came back from the break, we'd be talking about a minor disagreement I have with Mona. And she said, we can only control what's in our county. We don't live in an isolated universe when this show airs and we're going to eventually put this interview up on our website at the commonsenseshow.com this will also go through our podcast services as well and we're on all the major players um people are going to hear this and said if they can do this in a county of less than a quarter of a million people and they have two really good organizations up there with jim arroyos and now mona's we could do the same thing here and see, Mona, that's the impact you're having right now. Okay. Are you a professional community organizer like Barack Obama was? Or are you just a regular? <laughs> are you just a regular person? No, <laughs> I'm just a regular person that ha- hates to speak publicly. <laughs> well, you're doing fine, but you don't have to speak publicly. Your website does that for you, and then the guests you bring in. Yes. That's that's the bottom line. And, and here, it's interesting, too. Here's what we've already done. You have put forth an event with a regional medical center where they're going to fire 60% of their employees, create a mammoth health care shortage of workers, bring in unqualified foreigners to take their place, and the public is going to suffer. And someone who's sitting there in Fayetteville, North Carolina, listening to this broadcast, is going to say, this is not good. This could happen in my community, and it could motivate them to act. Good. That's good. That's the power. We've got to wake up. Well, we've let's got take... to wake up, and we have to stand exactly against this. Well, Mona, take Jim Arroyo's organization. I made a just offhand. I went to dinner with Jim and Janet, uh, his wife, after I presented up there in Yavapai County, and I said, Jim, what you guys do here is so impressive. I said, you need to videotape everything. And and you need to have a website, put it all out there. And now, since they decided to do that, they have copycat organizations in seven states. Impressive. It is impressive. And here you are. You get three hundred people uh, coming into your to your meetings. It's incredible. 
And by the way, how did you organize this? Walk us through the steps of organization so people can emulate this. Um, I did this uh, in 2009. I started the local uh, Yavapai and Prescott Tea Party organizations. And I was mad at Bush uh, for the bailout. Uh, This was before Obama ever was elected. Mm Mm-hmm. And I got mad, and I went down to the county courthouse, and I filed for a permit. That's me as a single person. I didn't have any speakers. I didn't have any contacts. I wasn't. I didn't belong to any other organizations. But before we came to our, our first event was, I think April, April of 2010, probably. No, probably 2009. By the time we came to that event i had uh people who had joined me i had we had a full speakers we had a professional sound organization to do our sound system everybody just showed up you know i guess if you build it they will come and and it's really funny the people who fought me the most all the time i ran that organization was the republican party they uh didn't like what we were doing that we were holding people accountable and uh they tried to um you know, uh, take us over. And I fought them tooth and nail the entire time that we ran the organization, but we were ahead of our time. Um, I think people, life was still too good in America and people had uh, sports and dancing with the stars and food in their refrigerator. And they didn't really want to hear what we had to say, because if people hear the truth, then it makes them accountable. Then they have to do something to make a change or take care of themselves and they have to take a stand and Americans are lazy and we're apathetical and we're procrastinators and I think people do not want to hear our message but as as this thing comes encroaches on our lives further I think people are going to have to decide and I know many people who think this is quiet and they don't cause any trouble that this will just pass them by and they won't have to take a side. But in my heart of hearts, I know they're going to, everybody will have to take a side. Who are you going to serve and, and what position are you going to take? It's not going to be something you can just ignore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 that's quite obvious. The mood of the country is shifting um, in the amount of people that they affect. Uh, but uh, the problem is, is the mainstream media, or what I, I like to call the Marxist stream media, has done a really yeah. good job of paralyzing at least half the country, if not more. And, um, you know, I, I think people are generally unhappy, but a lot of people don't know what to be unhappy about. Um, yeah. how, how do you organize your meetings? How do you get the word out? Um, I We've just slowly collected email addresses. We hand out flyers. We... You know, any, you know, it's hard to get started. I mean, we, you know, the local newspaper won't publish our events or, you know, give us any traction. Um, It's just kind of word of mouth. And so, you know, slowly we're building. I think at our last meeting, I had 28 new people sign up to join us. So we're building a pretty good email uh, list of of people and we send out flyers, you know, in advance. And then we're starting to send out call to action items, things that we want people to do. And we've, you know, kind of decided we're going to have to be more vocal. We're going to have to sh- show up at public events and, and walk the crowd and try to talk to as many people as we can because people need to know what's happening in this country and in their, you know, local area and in their state. What's the name of your local paper? 
Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's a good uh, here. Let me. Uh, Chronicle. Uh, we I don't take it. Um, you know we've had events of four and six thousand people and they don't even cover us. You know, so um, they've always given us a bad shake. But so I don't pay attention to them. Hang on here. I'm, I'm putting this in search engine. The Daily Courier. Daily Courier. Yeah. Yeah, the Daily Courier. Um, very, very liberal. You know, I'll, I'm going to give you a phrase to use because, see, you can make these people heal. Um, now, their chances are they're owned by a national organization, which is why they're acting with such prejudice against your group. But uh, the Daily Courier, you could say the Daily Courier, the paper that's not fit to housebreak your puppies on. That's right. And, yeah. and you really need to vilify them, big-time vilify. Um, and you need to make it part of every presentation. We exist because the Daily Courier doesn't do its job for America in the community. Ooh, and okay. that, that, that's, I mean, I, listen, I, I've had experience with this. Um, <clears throat> we fought, you know, the way I got into this business, I was, uh, my wife and I had moved our family to um, northern Maricopa County, and it was going to be our retirement home someday. And this is, uh, gosh, 18 years ago now. And a short time after we were in, um, the county wouldn't let us do anything with permits. And if we had had a fire or a rain damage or whatever, we couldn't have got a permit to repair. And uh, we were effectively being eminent domained off our land by inverse condemnation over a period of time. And John McCain was behind it. They said we were too close to Luke. Well, we're 30 miles from Luke, and they, the planes have to fly over 250,000 people to reach us. So we knew that wasn't it. And then we found out about this Canamex Highway they wanted to put through, and we were right in the path. And uh, they were doing this in other areas of the state using the same excuse, and we said, oh, they're doing this four times over. And so this started an eight-year battle. And the Arizona Republic, and this goes to the point of the Daily Courier, the Arizona Republic did the same kind of crap to me because I was the spokesperson for our group that they did to you. Uh -huh. And um, they'd come up to me, and I'd be at a big presentation, and I'd have my say and uh, in opposition to the public officials who were trying to screw us. And I'd tell the Republic, I'm not talking to you. Well, I'm, not, I'm not taking any of your questions. And, I, and that's when I first used the phrase, your paper is not fit to housebreak my puppies on. And I said, you're liars, and you're standing for the establishment against the Constitution rights of the people that you're supposed to be protecting as the fifth column in this country. And uh, they, they healed. They, they actually came out and were in our homes and interviewed us out here in this area. Wow. And uh, we made them heal. And it happened. I think they knew they were going to lose, though, in court, which they did. And eventually we won, and today we have control of our properties. By the way, Mona, that's how I got started in this business. I, I was teaching psychology and research in STAT, and I was a college basketball coach. And I had no intention of ever doing this, but I started going on radio shows, and <laughs> the late Pete Peterson in Wickenburg says, Dave, you gotta, you got to have a show. And he made me take a show on Sundays, and the rest, as they say, is kind of history. So that's how I got started. <laughs> and, and here's my point. I come from very humble beginnings. I'm not a trained journalist. It's, I'm an idiot when it comes to journalism. But I tell the truth. And you tell the truth. And see, that's the difference between us and the Prescott Courier. There, there isn't an option. You know, if it's not the truth, we have... You need to call them out. Um, 
You know, the next time I speak okay. to, to the Avapai County Preparedness Team, I'm going to call them out. I'm going to call them out when I come to your meeting. Why aren't they here? Why isn't this paper here covering a big event? When Sheriff Mack, a national figure, why, why didn't they cover his event? And I say, because yeah. they work for the other side. They're not journalists. They're propagandists. That's what needs as to be said. As the news media is. Yeah. Yeah, as the news media is. There is not one, uh, one, I don't watch TV. I refuse to have it on in my house. You know, I, I have to watch to it to do it's my all job. alternative media. Yeah. Yeah. I have to have it on yeah. some in my house because I got to do my job. I got to know what they're up to. But it's yeah. hard. I got to tell you, watching CNN is like fingernails on a chalkboard. Oh. I mean, I have a visceral, physical reaction when I watch Cuomo or some of these other clowns. Oh. Don Lemon. I mean, boy, did they ever name him correctly? A Lemon? Yeah. But these people are hard for me to watch. It's absolutely horrendous. Yeah. You got to hold your nose. Yeah, hold your nose and oh not my. throw up. Gosh, Mona, this is, um, but here's the deal, though. What if every community, say county, 225,000 and less people, I mean, you have less than a quarter of a million people in this county, and they have two burgeoning community activist groups in the face of controlled mass media. And, uh, and, And they're making a difference. You can do this, too. You can just say, I'm mad, and you just start meeting with friends, you know, in your house. And when you get to 20 people, then you rent the local Denny's meeting room, and it's really inexpensive. I know, we've done it. Um, This is how it starts. And if you don't, if you don't, we'll all be subjected to the rule of the king. We're in a Bolshevik revolution right now, folks, and we will all be turned into communists. We'll be in communists, we'll, we'll be active communists, or we'll be in camps. And that's what it's, what it's coming to. Um, Mona, can you give your website out again? Okay, we are Yavapai, Y-A-V-A-P-A-I, rising.org. Right. And this is, I, I can't stress to you, Mona, how much respect I have for these local groups. And folks, if um, you have one of these groups in your area, um, and you need them in the blue states, we're, we're, we're kind of a purple state now, but... You need them in the blue states. And if you send me stuff about your organization, we'll give you a shout out and give you a little bit of attention and try to jumpstart you somewhat. Um, but here you have in a, in a county this size, two organizations doing this. I'm speaking to the group, by the way, on the 21st of August at the Hasayampa Hotel, which is in downtown Prescott. And I'll be there from 11 until 1. Uh, Mona, you've been a delight, and i got to tell you, your community owes you a debt of gratitude that I'm sure most of them know they owe you, and uh, they do. It's been uh, great uh, having you on, and I really appreciate you taking time out to be on our show. I thank you for your time also, Dave, and for your influence and for what you do. Well, thank you, and we'll see you on the 21st. Okay, thank you.